T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jacob Albrocht. Tommy Kester, this is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and Baby, welcome into Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you for the next couple of hours. The postseason is here. Conference tournaments this week in college basketball. As we wrap up the regular season over the weekend, uh, we'll get into what happened over the weekend. We'll get into what is coming next. Our thoughts on that and much, much more. The NFL quarterback scenario is really heating up with some interesting developments over the weekend. We'll talk about those as well. 869-1240, as always, we'll take your calls, your emails, your tweets, whatever you want to do to get in touch with us. We will uh, respond to those as we can. We'll also have a couple of giveaways, lots of stuff to give away here on the program today, so we'll go through that as well. Uh, Good morning, Tommy. How are you? I'm great. Pretty awesome weekend. Weather was really nice this weekend, so good to get outside and enjoy it. Also enjoy the final weekend of the regular season in college basketball. I know it's going to get a little bit cooler this week, but it certainly felt like spring outside this weekend, and it was great. It did, as as are my uh, allergies will let me know that it's right around the corner. <laughs> so if you hear me like hack over here, uh, forgive me. It's funny, I did not have allergies growing up in the panhandle of Texas. Now there's like no vegetation there basically. So when I came here and all the trees and all the tree flowers, this time of year kicks my tail and it always comes right with the postseason of college basketball. Every March when I would be traveling with teams, when I did more of that, I would just be like living on allergy meds. And I mean the good stuff too, the stuff they got to take your driver's license for uh, (laughs) behind the counter. So uh, forgive me if if I uh, catch in my throat as we deal with allergy season uh, getting underway as well. Um, it was an interesting weekend of college basketball. It was, you know, the game for Wichita State certainly felt more important than either of the games for KU or K-State. K-State's was important, though. Like, I don't want to downplay it, but Desi Sills was not with the team dealing with uh, a death in the family. Um KU didn't really it didn't really matter for KU too much, right? Like they didn't they didn't need to do a lot over the weekend. It was sort of 
in cruise control. Now they're never gonna, you know, they're never going to just mail it in, right? Nobody does that. But you, when you talk about the importance of these games for KU, it just, you know, it wasn't that important, right? It just wasn't that big a deal, and it, and and that's okay. For K-State, it kind of was, right? I mean, KU got stomped. You never like to have that going in. K-State, they needed to win that game. You know, they needed to get the win, and, and they didn't get it. And now they sit as uh, the number uh, the number three seed instead of the number two. Texas was able to get that with its win over Kansas. Will that make a big difference? I don't know. Probably not because they were going to take the same path whether they were a two or a three, Tommy. It's just that, you know, basically they don't – they play TCU instead of Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, which is which is a tougher draw for sure. Uh, but either way, it's it, it would have been a matchup in the final against potentially Kansas. So I'm not sure how much it mattered. For Kansas, it didn't matter at all other than you don't like to see that margin. But for Wichita State, it did sort of matter, right? You were trying to get back to 500. You were trying to lock up the sixth seed, and the sixth seed in that tournament means you're on the other side of the bracket from Houston, which is very important. Uh, a win on Thursday against Tulsa, and they get Tulane, and a chance to to get a team that they've played really well against this year, and then it's on to Memphis, and and a chance. So you sort of like it for Wichita State, and it was also helpful that it was maybe their most impressive win of the year, but a very different weekend for all three teams with different outcomes, and you know it's. I every year like those last games you're just like just get me to get me to the tournaments right like these these just getting in the way of what we all want to see. Yeah, I think you might be understating the Kansas game a little bit. I mean, they are trying to position for a number one overall seed, That's true. and so I I do think that that game against Texas uh, played into that a little bit. I mean, you know, all of this conversation and narrative about where are they going to go in the bracket will they be the number one overall seed will they get to go in the midwest region what does that look like and you know what i I don't necessarily think that the loss against texas is ultimately going to do a whole lot for them one way or another Um, but i do think that it it certainly will play into it somewhat now I, i do i do agree with you that overall in the whole scheme of things yeah, it wasn't the most important game of the season for Kansas by any means. They already had the Big 12 locked up. They already had the number one seed in the Big 12 tournament locked up. So that was all gravy and all well and good. But they are trying to battle a little bit for uh, the number one overall seed in a weekend where Houston was pushed to the limit against Memphis and also Alabama lost. And so really trying to jockey for that that position going into uh, the, the NCAA tournament I think is important for the Jayhawks as far as yeah. the Wildcats are concerned you know they absolutely uh, could have finished in a tie for second place in the Big 12 and you know I think for bragging rights uh, would have been great for them to be able to say in the first year of the Jerome Tang era they finished in second place in the conference in a year they were picked 10th and, and that doesn't take anything away from their tie for third in the Big 12 conference but you know for bragging rights I think it would have been cool for them to be able to say that they finished in second place uh, but ultimately that didn't end up happening for them but you're absolutely right about Wichita State that was a very decisive and important victory for the Shockers um, getting a win against South Florida who yeah is not they're not a great team by any means but that was a pretty decisive 20 point victory for the Shockers at home sent off the seniors right their fir- their, their their last game inside Coke Arena. Uh, that's important for them and that momentum. Hopefully they can continue to ride that in the American tournament. 
Yeah, you're right about KU. They probably could have locked that up. Um, they still can, and I think will, if they win their conference tournament. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't – we'll see. That that kind of stuff, to me, matters a little bit less. It matters to fans because because of travel and those kinds of things. For the team itself, I, I think that they're going to – you know, KU's going to get a big crowd no matter where they play. Um, K-State, yeah. I mean, it was a little deflated. But, again, no Desi Sills. There's, a, a, you know, a big thing happening off the court for that team. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, you know, it's a tough place to go play, all these things. I think that when push comes to shove, if we look back, it's not going to have a massive impact, I don't think, on on really anything that will happen. Um, they, they'll be fine. They'll be, you know, they've got a tough game here against TCU. TCU has, you know, gotten healthy. But Oklahoma beat TCU by 14 on senior night in Norman. So, it's the Big 12, man. Like, if you'd have bet the Big 12, you'd have probably missed every game this weekend. Yeah. Iowa State smoked Baylor and Waco. Uh, Texas Tech lost by three at home to Oklahoma State. Now, there are circumstances surrounding Tech that we'll get to later in the show with Mark Adams over the weekend. Um, but, you know, all the outcomes were wacky. And what does that tell us? That probably we're in for a wacky Big 12 tournament. Uh, it, it starts up on uh, what day does it start? It starts on with the play-ins on Wednesday, right? So we get our two teams here, Kansas playing at 2 o'clock on Thursday, K-State in the nightcap at 8.30. On Wednesday, though, West Virginia, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, those are pretty good, pretty cool matchups for a first round here. Um, and then you get things really ramping up on Thursday and in through the weekend. And I do so think we have West Virginia, by the way, I do think West Virginia in the game on Saturday, I mean, they had to have it. Uh, you know, so yeah. they were playing with, a, you know, with a little bit more uh, intensity and, and, and focus because they're trying to get into the NCAA tournament. They are squarely a bubble team. And so, you know, especially at home, their regular season finale, they had to have that one against the Wildcats. I, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that may have punched West Virginia's ticket. It was a senior yeah. day, right? Like it was, it was important for them. Eric Stevenson, the former shocker went for, what do you go for? 24, 27? Uh, 27 points. So uh, that's fine. Like it doesn't bother me in an, in a vacuum that K state lost in Morgantown to a team that in the net is like a top 30 team. That doesn't bother me at all. And they were missing a player and they had some stuff happening and, and it's fine. Like it doesn't, maybe it cost them a two seed. It makes them a three seed, but again, who cares? Right? Like it's not, sometimes we overthink that stuff. It's all about who you draw anyway. Like you could be the number one seed and have a terrible draw a lot of the shockers when they went undefeated and had to draw Kentucky like it it doesn't really matter we get so worked up about it and and pay so much attention to it but for me like the only thing that matters is when that bracket comes out who you got to play to get there right is it a good matchup or a bad matchup are you facing one of these red hot teams that you know is catching fire going into the tournament but had such a bad first half of the season that they're a 9 seed like Whatever, that that stuff matters far more than whether you play in X Arena or X Arena as a one seed. Like, I don't really, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, Wichita State, and we'll dig, you know, into these more individually as we go here. Wichita State comes out against South Florida, and South Florida was trying to, you know, make a, make a game of it. And then the Shockers go and allow 16 second-half points. That's right, I said 16 second-half points. This was like old school shockers, right? Where they just smothered you defensively. Craig Porter Jr. with, I mean, that was probably his best game as a college basketball player. 24 points, 
five rebounds, five assists, five blocks, two steals. Like, he was incredible in that game. Gus Okafor, how cool was that to see him get a senior night like that or a senior day like that? So that was a really that was a that was a shocker win that makes you feel good because South Florida was trying to be pesky there and Wichita State just defensively did not let them do it. And we're also talking about a Wichita State team that has been without Jaquan Walton for the last two Correct. games. Uh, and, and it looks like he'll be available more than likely for the American tournament. So that's that's really important. Um especially as we talk about their draw and what that looks like going through Tulsa and then potentially Tulane and so on and so forth. Um, you know, that that's important for Wichita State to have Jaquan Walton back. However, I do think that it's a statement showing that, you know, they were able to go 2-0 and uh, or they were able to win on Sunday without Jaquan Walton. That, that's, that's really important. I think the versatility, you mentioned the way that they're playing defense, their versatility to where we know that they can put up points at will when they're playing that kind of basketball, but we know that they can also shut down teams defensively too, like South Florida. So it's just a matter of what style of game it's going to be and what style they need to implement. They were able to play a really great defensive second half uh, yesterday and, and really cruise to a 20 point victory. And again, without Jaquan Walton, I, I don't know. You know, that's, it's almost like unlocked Craig Porter a little bit. And I, I do get excited at the thought of, you know, because we've seen Pierre late uh, get you know catch catch a little fire as a shooter, um, and he was he was not you know he was fine in that game. Yeah, he was one for five from three, so you know not one of the games where he was a tremendous three point shooter. But you know Xavier Bell got some points. I think you know if nothing else, hopefully for the Shockers, Walton's absence has allowed some other guys to maybe get a little momentum and a little confidence offensively, and you know if. Rojas, who's been great in the second half, and Porter and Walton can lead the way. Then the other guys, even Pierre, you know, sometimes Pierre can go off, obviously, too. I think I, I think you really like Wichita State's, you know, momentum and, and chances going into the to the American Athletic Conference tournament. It was just very strange to see one of those kinds of defensive games. We just haven't seen one in a while going in. I, I don't know what to make of that. Probably not a whole lot. But you get Tulsa, which is what you wanted, right? That was That was pretty critical. And then you get a chance to play Tulane, which, again, is pretty critical, right? Because otherwise you'd have had to go and play Memphis if you were the seventh seed. So that was a big win with a lot on the line for Wichita State because let's let's then create the scenario, Tommy, where Wichita State's able to, to beat Tulsa like they should. And, you know, I'll, I'll bet that it's close to a pick em or the Shockers would be slightly favored at this point against Tulane the way they played them twice. And then it'll be Memphis. And if Wichita State can get to the AAC semifinals, finish one spot. And we got to remember this, too. A sixth-place finish is only one spot ahead of the projections. So it's not like they just blew the doors off of a seventh-place preseason you know, prediction. They finished sixth and almost finished seventh. So I don't know if we look at the regular season. I think you and I think that there is merit in value in the way they improved over the season for sure. But I don't know if there needs to be wins in this conference tournament. I think an early exit would not would not be good for you can't Isaac lose Brown. against Tulsa. You can't lose against Tulsa. That I mean, I think barring a first round exit, um, you know, you feel okay about the way that the Shocker season at least ended. Um, now you get bounced by a team that's five and twenty four. Um, I mean, all bets are off at that point. I don't think that's going to happen, by the way. Um, but I, I do think that that's the one thing that Wichita State has to avoid. But if you can make a, a decent run 
um, in the tournament, you know, get a couple of wins. Um, man, I think that, you know, obviously beating Tulsa first, and then we know that this team can beat Tulane. They, they beat them not that long ago uh, on the road in New Orleans. And so I, I think that th- that can happen again. Um, and then if you can get to Memphis, that's really been the bugaboo for the Shockers uh, this season. I mean, I think Memphis is a team that talent-wise, Wichita State can match up against. It's a team that Wichita State absolutely can beat. Uh, I think that they they have the talent to do so. We haven't seen them be able to make that happen really ever against you know Penny Hardaway. Like that just really doesn't doesn't happen ever since Wichita State joined the American. But to get that monkey out the back, if they can take down Memphis, I know that's really you know looking far ahead and putting the cart before the horse here. But uh, that would be huge. And, but I, I do think it it absolutely starts with getting that first win. You, you can't you can't fall in the opening round to a team like Tulsa. You know, listed attendance of 7,500 yesterday. The crowd looked on television um, decent. I, I just, I think that, I think that there is some, you know, momentum in the fan base building about this team. And, you know, something else that, you, that you're really, really hoping for right now is the ability to play in the NIT, I think, um, outside of obviously winning the AAC tournament, which would, which would be certainly something. But... I think you're at least at the minimum really trying to solidify a spot there because we know, you know, this program's history with that tournament is interesting. Um, I don't think Shocker fans scoff at the opportunities the NIT provides. I think the NIT has been good to this program in the past and good for its, you know, you know, whatever you want to take into the next season. And so hopefully if nothing else, this conference tournament provides them an opportunity to play in the postseason because I do think that's important. And then it becomes a question of, as we've talked a million times over the last two weeks, what players are going to do this offseason? We know that some of these seniors who have been absolutely critical aren't going to be there. So it's not all about certain guys coming back, but they need guys to come back and they need to do well in the portal. And I think those things too. You obviously can't wait forever on a decision, but I think you've got to at least wait for that if you're evaluating that to make a you know a final call. Um, and we'll see. We'll we'll continue to have conversations with Kevin Saul about you know what that looks like. But the good news for the Shockers is they're playing their best basketball of the year. They picked up a big win in the final regular season game of the year without their leading offensive player, and they go into the conference tournament. I think feeling great, and that will that will play itself out. They have a good draw. Now, look, to the ultimate prize of pulling the miracle upset and winning that thing, you're going to have to get through Memphis and Houston. And, you know, they've played Houston well twice. They played Memphis sort of well once. You know, are they capable? They're they yeah, I think they're capable, but they're going to have to put some of their best basketball together right now. And and we'll see. And watching Craig Porter play that way certainly makes feel better, right? Because he is absolutely this year been what the Shockers needed him to be. Now you add in the offense. So we'll see. I, I am very excited about the AAC tournament and the Shockers this year. I love the Big 12 tournament. It's one of my favorites. But Kansas and Kansas State's destinies are pretty much already in the books, right? A little maneuvering, not a whole lot. Man, that AAC tournament with the Shockers. I mean, it feels like they're you know they're playing winner go home games, whether or not they get in the NIT or not. But that's exciting. 
Well, yeah, and I also think that, you know, to your point, and you mentioned this, and, and I think this has been kind of the the ongoing storyline for a while with the Shocker team. I mean, you said they have the capabilities to beat Houston uh, and beat Memphis. They have the talent to do that. They do, at least with Memphis. Houston might be a little bit more of On a, their a, best if, day you know, if those there. teams stumble. On their best yeah. day, right? They can, yeah. they can compete for sure. Um, I've said that before, too. They have the talent to compete. It's just a matter of if they can put it all together to make it happen. And so... You, you have to wonder, of course, you got to get through Tulsa and Tulane first, but if, if they can and their backs are against the wall and a postseason berth is on the line, can we see that all come together against a couple of teams that historically in this in the short time that the Shockers have been in the conference, they've struggled against? Uh, I think that that makes for really, really, really dynamic storylines uh, and a really exciting, uh, really exciting tournament that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I am too. It's going to be great, and we'll get further into it. Um, something else looming as the Big 12 tournament comes is this Mark Adams story, and that's what we'll talk about next. It's going to be interesting because things are not going well for Mark Adams, and it certainly sounds like his time is done. Uh, hey, movie fans, how would you like a four-pack of tickets to an early showing for the new DC movie Shazam! Fury of the Gods that... Sneak peek will be this Thursday at 7 o'clock, Boulevard Theater in Town West Mall. We'll give away a four-pack once this hour, once in the next hour. We'll do it to our second caller during the break, 869-1240. Sports Daily, coming right back. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily, KFH, Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster here with you today on this Tuesday. Hey, enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Jacob, J-A-C-O-B, and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Find out why BetMGM's the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Kansas only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. As we come back in, we will get our first chance in the state of Kansas to bet the NCAA tournament, these conference tournaments, maybe a nice little appetizer for that adventure. I was in Vegas for the first couple of rounds last year, uh, Tommy, and it was fun in the tournaments it was kind of a wild experience honestly but it was fun like it's a lot coming at you um all at one time lots of games happening it will be a good time um it was not a good big 12 betting experience this weekend uh but our friends at betql hooked me up with a little nba parlay last night that i uh that that took care of those wounds from saturday in the college basketball world that was nice Woo. yeah i, I kind of had a rough uh rough saturday i decided that because both Kansas and Kansas State were getting plus money, I was like, well, I mean, come on, like it's plus money on both of them. I got to go ahead and take them both on the money line, and uh, that was uh, 
that ended up being a mistake, a costly one. It was a bit of a mistake, a bit of a mistake. Yeah, it was uh, It was an interesting weekend. So it was an interesting weekend in the college basketball world for this other massive story that has developed with Mark Adams. And um, apparently he has made a racially insensitive comment. Um, you can begin to read. Um, well, here, let, let's just, so Kirby Hocutt, the athletic director, announced that suspension on Sunday, two days after he was made aware. Here's what Hocutt said, quote, Adams was encouraging the student-athlete to be more receptive to coaching and reference Bible verses about workers, teachers, parents, and slaves serving their masters. Uh, Adams immediately addressed this with the team and apologized. Um, he he told Adams did, according to Jeff Goodman, he told him that he did not believe those comments were racist, defended the interaction by saying he was quoting a verse from the Bible. Um, the player complained Adams did not apologize at the point. Uh, Goodman reporting a separate incident, according to CBSSports.com, earlier in the season in which Adams allegedly spit on a player, which he denied. Uh, he admitted he slobbered on the player during the game after having a bad cough and going to the doctor. So here's what's happening here. Uh, it sounds like to me, Tommy, that the players are finally fed up with Mark Adams. I don't think uh, I don't think that's gone well this year. Um, and I, I think we're just sort of seeing that finally boil over and – you know, you're hearing, and you can sort of read between the lines, Tommy, that it, it appears like his time in, in Lubbock is probably done. And and by the way, I think he was on the hot seat anyway. I think he was too, and, and, and that was something that when Chris Beard left, it was kind of a feel-good story for a minute that he was the longtime Texas Tech guy. Wasn't he an alum? Didn't he graduate from Texas Tech? Like he was, No, he's but been he's a, a Texas member. panhandle guy. That's right. He's been around for a long time. Uh, and kind of a feel-good story. He's an older guy in his 60s, finally getting the chance at the head job at Texas Tech with a fan base that, you know, they're pretty passionate, and, and that's a tough place to go in and play at the United Supermarkets Arena in Lubbock. Uh, and then things very quickly wore off, and the honeymoon phase was over very quickly. And look, I'm no, I'm no scholar here. I'm no, you know, I, I don't claim to be the smartest guy in the world. But even I know that there are better ways to get your point across than by referencing, I don't care if it's Bible verses or whatever, than referencing slaves and masters. Like, especially in today's day and age, like, there are so many better ways to try to get your point across. And even if he didn't mean anything by it, and I don't know, I don't know what's in the guy's heart. I don't know what he truly believes and what he doesn't believe. I don't know. And I'm not trying to guess that, but... Come on. I mean, when you're communicating with somebody, especially when they, you know, are, are, are kids basically at that point, like there are so many better ways to get your point across. And I don't really feel sorry for him. I don't. It, well, I don't feel sorry for him. No. But I mean, the reality was, though, that they. You know, they weren't they weren't winning enough to continue the momentum that that program was developing anyway. Um, so it's just. Like it's hard to, it's hard to. You, well, it's not hard. You can't justify anything like that. But it gets way easier when clearly this is not like a one-time thing. Like this is one of those read between the lines things. And I and I hate this because I loved the Mark Adams story. Being from the Texas Panhandle, he coached at my alma mater for a while. Worked the junior college. He's like a legend in the junior college world, which is what also really surprises me. Like about this is. You know, he's made his basketball living 
being a you can't succeed at those levels without in some way or capacity being a player's coach right like you have to you know and a lot of times like pick guys up off off their butts and whatever's brought them to that level you, you know in, you know it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me but you know whatever like you, you if it wasn't good i don't think it was going to last very long anyway because they weren't winning enough games this year but if if he was really at the point where he had that bad of a relationship with players that's not going to work anymore right like that's not going to work in college basketball anymore these you know dictatorships that have existed of these old guys just you know owning every right of a player and their ability to succeed or not like those days are done man if you can't in some, I'm not saying you can't be a hard ass because you can be, but you you can no longer like degrade players constantly and consistently. Or they'll leave. They have the ability to do that now. And by the way, you shouldn't treat people that way anyway. And and I'm all for hard coaching. I believe in that wholeheartedly. I believe in being coached hard. I don't mind at all when somebody gets on me. But there's a difference between doing that and being disrespectful. And they're, they can be exclusive from one another. Like, you can be a hard-nosed coach and command all the respect in the world. You can have a temper and and, and still not, you know, treat people that way. Um, coming from a long line of redheads and somebody with a temper, like, it doesn't mean you treat people poorly. You can lose your cool and scream and practice and do all that stuff. That's not what I'm saying at all. But you, you can no longer just like think that in some way you have this, you know, luxury or this right to disrespect people. And I think there's a big difference. And I think the really good coaches are on one side of that line. And the coaches that are not going to last in this world and will become fossils are not going to survive in this world. They're not because players will just leave. Yeah, and players are so much more empowered now than they used to be with the transfer portal. And, you know, basically they've got the ability to you know, say, Hey, look, we got to go. I mean, think, think of the days of Bobby Knight, you know, back in Indiana. And when you committed to Bobby Knight, yeah, I mean, you knew what you were going to get, right? I mean, his reputation preceded him and, and, but you knew that you were going to go and you were going to play for a a legendary program and a legendary coach. And you were going to be coached hard, but there were going to be some cases where more than likely you probably were going to get degraded and you basically had to suck it up and deal with it because it's not like you could go anywhere else. It's not like you could just go and leave and find a new program. Back in those days, it was like you played for the program you committed to regardless of what was going on or you didn't play. That was basically the way that it worked. And and that's not that world anymore. And so coaches who are cut from that same cloth more than likely are not coaching anymore. A lot of them are a lot older now, but a lot of them are, are gone. Uh, and some of those, and I think that we're familiar here in this part of the country with, you know, somebody who kind of toes that line, right? In Greg Marshall, he's not coaching right now. Maybe he will at some point down the road. Uh, but the, the landscape has changed significantly in college basketball, and especially in a power structure where you've got coaches that are making millions upon millions of dollars. And for a long time, the players had no rights, they had no power, they had no control, and they weren't making anything. And so there really was this disparity in, you know, the way that a coach could just lord over his program and his players, and there was really nothing that the players could do. Those days are done. Yeah, they are. And you were right. Adams is a Texas Tech graduate. Um, and and again, spent all that time. It was with Beard. It's just like, think about, and I, for me, it's like all, 
sympathy for tech fans because I love that fan base. I think it's one of the better fan bases and underrated fan bases in college sports. They have just like fallen in love with the basketball program. And you had Chris Beard who absolutely, if you're a tech fan, I use this word, like betrayed you, right? Like absolutely stabbed you in the back. And then, okay, well, you know what? Mark Adams is going to come in here in year one and go 27 and 10, and he's a tech guy, and he's a tech grad, and he's Texas Panhandle legend and all these things. And then you start to hear and see some of this stuff, and you're like, man, like, can we not just get somebody? And, and that's the, the honestly the worst part about it for tech fans is, like, Mark Adams was the guy who he wasn't going to go anywhere. One, he's old, and two, like, that's his place, right? So, Ah, you just feel for tech fans. And and I do think, though, thankfully, that with the facilities upgrade that they made there, and if you haven't seen yep. them, go check them out, and yep. the attendance that they're drawing, they play in an arena a lot like Interest Bank Arena that's their home court. Um, it, it is a program ripe to make a good hire, but you got to get it right. And, and I don't know how you identify somebody that's going to be there long term. You thought that's what you had in Chris Beard. And then you definitely thought that's what you had in Mark Adams. Um, and now it looks like they're probably going to have to start over in that realm. And, I, you know, when you see guys like Rodney Terry have the success level he's had at Texas this year, obviously Jerome Tang at Kansas State, it may not be as hard for a program like Tech to go find a top assistant like that because you probably can, right? Like, And I don't know where you go. Um, to, to find it, but you, that, that's where I start if I'm tech. Just go find the top assistant you can find that's been waiting a long time for this spot, and hopefully it works out because I think that's a really cool basketball program. I think it's an attractive enough job where if they want to go big, if they want to try to find a flashy hire, they can, and I think that there would be enough coaches potentially out there that would want to do that. I mean, and, and they're not – look at the history of this program in the last 20 years. They're not – um, allergic to going out and trying to make a big hire. They hired Bobby Knight. They yeah, hired and Tubby had success Smith. With they, Bobby right? Knight. They they and they hired Tubby uh, Smith. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they hired Tubby Smith. They hired the big names. They hired Chris Beard. So you know, I I think that if Kirby Hoka decides that the program is in a place to where they can offer the money and they've got the facilities and they want to, you know, I mean, keep in mind, uh, you know, Chris Beard took Texas Tech almost all the way you know and so they've had a taste of that they've had a taste of success at that level I think you could easily go out and make a pretty flashy hire in somebody and I don't know I don't know exactly who that is I mean think of the coaches that are potentially on the sidelines that you know or maybe are looking to leave their current program and go to a place like Texas Tech I think there would be a lot of interest in that job where you could revitalize fan interest big time in that program not that it's gone away but you know I feel bad like you said for the fan base because of what's happened over the past couple of years one big hire and you've got everybody back passionate again and I think that they could do that I do too I think they'll be all right long term because I think they got the things done that you need to do to be good long term and that's facilities and those kinds of things so you know, we'll see. I, it's a it's an unfortunate story. It's one that sucks. You hate seeing it ever when you see these kinds of things happen. But Texas Tech, very likely, if you read between the lines on everything being reported right now, will be looking for a head coach. They'll join the fray of teams looking for a head coach in the offseason. All right, we'll come back. Uh, there's NFL quarterback news brewing. 
And it's interesting because, you know, one of the storylines we thought we'd be talking about this morning has changed on a dime. We'll hit that and some other things. We'll get back into college basketball later in the show. And we'll have some more giveaways for you um, coming up as well throughout the program here on a variety of different things. So we'll do it all as we continue on Sports Daily. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. get into the NFL quarterback situation at the top of the next hour, but just in the last uh, little bit this morning here, I guess, Tommy, the Rams are giving Allen Robinson and his agents permission to seek a trade. LA is willing to pay a portion of his a little more than $15 million guaranteed salary to help facilitate a deal. Boy, I got to tell you, if I can get Allen Robinson for less money and like a fourth round pick versus D hop with more money and a second round pick. If I'm the chiefs, I think I'm taking Allen Robinson. I like Allen Robinson. I mean, they're roughly the same age. D hop has had more success. He's played with better quarterbacks, but I would, I would take Allen Robinson on a discount before, you know, ahead of, of D hop at a steeper price at this point. I don't know. I think uh, D-Hop can do better things than what Allen Robinson can do. I think that he can be more of a game changer, more of an impact for the Kansas City offense and Allen Robinson. Not that Robinson is bad by any means. And I know you're looking at it from a a cost-benefit analysis. I get that. But, man, if you're just talking about pure talent, and you can – and, again, I'll go back to what I said last week. Uh, I don't want to give up a a first-round pick for for Hopkins. But I would be okay with the second-round pick. I would – I think I'd rather do that than go out and get an Allen Robinson that really hasn't, in my mind, done a whole lot in the NFL. Oh, yes, he has. He's been. He's I mean, been good in the NFL. He's been okay, but I think he's. I think he's underperformed based on what his his talent based is. On, I think that you know 
based on Blake Bortles and uh, who's this quarterback in Chicago? Like, I mean, he's he's played with some really bad quarterbacks. But two times, he's had a 1,400-yard season, a 1,200, and just about two 1,200-yard seasons. He's had a 14-touchdown season. I mean, his average, even considering bad quarterback play, um, let me see if I can find his averages, but he's been, over his career, he's got 6,700 yards, 43 touchdowns. Like, he, he's had... He's had a hundred. He's had basically two hundred catch seasons, and they're not that long ago. And that was with bad quarterbacks in Chicago. I think Allen Robinson's really good, and I was surprised that it didn't go well in L.A. because even before Stafford got hurt, they never really connected. But you know how much of that's Cooper Cup? I I don't know, but I I think Allen Robinson is really. Good. I don't think. Look, I don't think he. I'm not saying I would he's match fine. his career up he's to fine. D-Hop. He's way better he's than anything they've had. Than last year, he's way better than Juju Smith-Schuster's ever been. Like, not even mm. close. Look at their look. Just look at what was Juju's best year. Didn't Juju like, make the Pro Bowl when he was with Pittsburgh? Allen Robinson, two years ago, caught a hundred balls for twelve hundred and fifty yards and six touchdowns. He has a fourteen hundred yard, fourteen touchdown season in the books on his record. Juju Smith-Schuster's never sniffed that. I mean, Allen Robinson's, I I mean, Juju's, he had a great first year, right? He had 1,400 yards and seven touchdowns in his second year. And then he's he hasn't sniffed 1,000 yards. He, he got just, he was still under 1,000 yards last year. Like, I, I, I don't know. Allen I'm Robinson's just, a better player. I think Allen Robinson is fine. And I'm not saying I wouldn't take Allen Robinson. But if the question is Allen Robinson at a discount or going out and getting a game-changing quarterback in, in, in Hopkins... I mean, I think that I'm Hopkins still on, on board. I don't. Hopkins. I guess I'm just the other thing that Allen Robinson has done much better than than Hopkins is play games. Um, you know, he he only played ten last year. The last year was not good for him, and that would be my only concern. And 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 I say plays games. He played twelve and ten, but before that, he was largely available, right? So I don't know. I, I guess my point is, if it's seven million, a fourth or fifth round pick, and Allen Robinson versus twenty million, a second round pick, and D Hop, I'm not sure that that I wouldn't go, you know, a Rob because they both accomplished the same thing. They both would be an upgrade over what I and I I will wholeheartedly disagree with you that Juju Smith Schuster is as good as Allen Robinson. I don't think he is, but I I think that it upgrades the wide receiver room either way. And if that's the cost, it's a really interesting it's a really interesting dynamic for the Chiefs because it really does all come down to like what do you have to have to get the rest of your moves done this offseason, right? If 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 money becomes a problem, like if money that you pay D hop prevents you from doing another deal that you need to do, then I take Allen Robinson. If everything's equal and it just comes down to a draft pick. And and I don't know what Allen Robinson would command at this point. I just don't think he would command that much because it didn't go well at all in L.A. last year. Like, I think you could get him for, like, a fifth. And I, I'm just not sure that he's going to be able to produce at the level that you would want him, to, want him to produce. I think he's fine. Again, I don't think he's a bad wide receiver. I think that he's been dealt some bad hands with some bad quarterbacks and, you know, maybe coming to Kansas City, Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes would, would change things a little bit, but... I don't know. I, I'm just I'm not sold on that being the move that I would want Kansas City to make in the wide receiver room. 
And at the core of it, don't th doesn't that person just have to try and to improve on Juju's 900 yards last year, right? Like if Juju doesn't come back, you need that receiver to at least replace that and and hopefully exceed it. And I think either one of those guys would do that. Look, if D if you get vintage D Hop, which I think is highly unlikely at his you know in his age 30 season or whatever. But if you get that, obviously that changes everything. I just don't know. I think there's risk enough risk involved that you could consider a less risky move for a player that has been great at one point in his career, which is, you know, both of those guys. I just don't know why you're such a juju hater. Like I feel like he was perfectly fine. I'm not fine a juju hater. He was fine. He caught and he had 900 yards. I think that they were lacking at that position. I think it was very evident at time. They have to upgrade at receiver. And I and I would love to say Kadarius Tony will do that, but the guy can't stay on the field. So I think you have to have some consistency there. And Travis Kel I don't want Travis Kelsey to catch 150 balls a year. I'd like Travis Kelsey to play another five or six hey, or seven maybe, years. Maybe it'll be the Sky Moore breakout season. You never know. Let's go. Let's go. 869-1240. We're going to talk about these quarterbacks in the NFL. Interesting last 48 hours or so on that front. We'll hit it next on Sports Daily. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.